Remain standing, please, as we hear together the gospel of Jesus that comes to us from Luke chapter 18. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men, he said, went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all of my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, said Jesus, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. As you're seated, we invite our children to be dismissed for their time of worship. And as they leave, the rest of the children of God will bow and pray together. We pray, God, for the grace to hear you amidst the many words, the many words of scripture, the many words of sermon, the many words of songs, that there be one word, a spirit word, that penetrates our hearts to where we need to hear, where we need to heal, where we need to find that wholeness of life that you desire for all of your children. May we seek that place where we are most intimate with you. And may we abide there. Thank you for moments such as this one. Where all of the lesser things of life are put in their proper place. And we seek first your dream and all the goodness and righteousness that you dream of for not just us people in church on Sunday, but through us people in church on Sunday to all of your children around the world. And so we unite with sisters and brothers of all faiths who in many and varied ways extend their hearts toward you as we pray now the prayer that Jesus taught his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. When I was a child, I spent too much time in the dentist's office. One of the good consequences of that was that I got to always read the monthly edition of a children's book that came out, a little magazine uh, that was always in the dentist's office called Highlights. 
Some of you may remember highlights. I, I never really read the, the stories. I wasn't into reading. But I liked looking at pictures and maybe reading captions. And I particularly liked the one, uh, the, the monthly edition of Goofus and Gallant. You may remember Goofus and Gallant were these two adolescent boys who looked just alike. And each month there was a page that would describe some scenes where Gallant, who was always a little better dressed, his hair a little better combed, you could tell, took care of himself a little more, where Gallant did something good. And Goofus, well, as the name implies, I mean, he was just a Goofus. So it would say something like, Gallant shares with his friends. Goofus takes the last cookie. Um, Goofus bosses his friends around. Gallant allows other children to choose first. Uh, Goofus blows his nose on the curtains. Uh, Gallant goes and gets a Kleenex. You know, just whatever those things were. But the message was always clear to me as a little Goofus. Uh... Joe Phelps, you need to be more like gallant. But it's never that easy. Jesus said there were two who came to the temple to pray that day. And those first listeners would not have had any ambiguity about which one of them was goofus and which one was gallant. Gallant was the Pharisee, the religious leader, the pastor of the day, if you will. Clean cut, kind of a straight arrow, sort of the national standard bearer, good family man, everything you'd want, any church would want the Pharisee, in their church. He's gallant. Goofus, of course, to the first century ears, was the Jewish tax collector who worked for the occupying empire to extract money from his people to give to the people back in Rome. He was the traitor, the snitch, the Draco Malfoy of of his day. So anyone could easily identify the good guy, the bad guy, the goofus, the gallant. But in yet another one of these reversals that Luke seems to really delight in, that Jesus was always doing with his disciples, in yet one of these, again, one of these reversals of the order, Jesus says, Goofus the tax collector is the one who goes home justified rather than the other. For those who exalt themselves, Jesus said, will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. What happened? How did that turn so quickly? It all turns on humility. Gallant, the Pharisee, parades his resume before God. He trusts that his bona fides will speak for themselves, but just to make sure, he reminds God that he is superior to thieves, rogues, adulterers, and peeking as he prays, goes, oh, and by the way, the tax collector. Kind of bonus points if you can point to a negative example of what you're trying to be. Luke notes for us that the men stand in a particular way. Gallant the Pharisee stands by himself. He's got his own box seat at the temple. He's apart from the rest because he doesn't want to be uh, tainted by the rest. He's a private person. He stays apart. That's the way Luke caricatures Pharisees in that day, pure and separate and therefore able to say, we're superior, we're better, really, than other people. Now, in our day, we know not to say we're better than other people. 
We have more couth than that. We're smarter than that. We know that that would be immodest. But Jesus isn't just going for showing respectability. Jesus is concerned about a very dangerous precedent that can be set when we exalt ourselves and find ourselves in that place of superiority. When the Pharisee feels superior, and then when he credits that superior superiority to God, when he says, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like those other people, we're entering into very dangerous territory. When we say with our words or with our politics or with our values, in some way I'm better than my brother or my sister. When we say by what we do, I'm not really my brother's keeper, we are pulling in the opposite direction of God. If God is pulling us together, superiority and exalting oneself pulls us apart. We're pulling in the opposite direction of God, for we're creating divisions and caste systems and making determinations on who's better and who's worthy and who's privileged and who deserves health care and who deserves quality education and who deserves to eat and who deserves to live. This week in our Louisville Courier-Journal, the front page ran a large caption, 100. Did you see it? 100. Woohoo! 100 murders in our city. Some people look at the number and say, God, I thank you that I'm not like those people. Others will say, we feel sorry for those people. But where God is leading Highland through these years has been to recognize, God, we are one with all people. When someone dies, when someone kills, we're with them. And, and we stand with all of them. Those who have fallen and those who, who bear now the burden of having taken a life. We, we love all of them. For that's our calling as, as the people of God. To see the sacred in every single eye. Whether it's in the eyes of those who are differently abled or differently body shaped or a different orientation of their sexuality or a different, even a different political party. You see, we can't just love some of them. We've got to love all of them. I want a bumper sticker that says, love them all. Let God sort it out. A takeoff on, kill them all. Let God sort them out. Our calling is to love them all. For humility says, we're all the children of God. To separate from our brothers and sisters in the name of God is to turn, turn the sacred invitation on its ear for the gospel What we come in here week in and week out to do is not be separated from the world. The gospel is not be separated, be pure, have secret knowledge and feel superior. The gospel is be connected as one, for God is one. And God called us to refer to the Holy One as our heavenly parent, our father, our mother, 
It's as if we think that it's our job in the church to somehow clean up Jesus' reputation, to make him more gallant-like rather than goofus-like, to hang out with the right people and say the right things, when in fact, Jesus will have none of it. He hangs out with John the Baptist, a crazy guy, talking about reparations, talk about sharing. He, he joins John's church. He gets in the muddy Jordan River with John and all these other sinners and tax collectors and says, these are my people. These are my people. When we pray and when we peek and we, when we say, God, I thank you that I'm not like a thief or a rogue or adulterer or a tax collector. We're distorting the gospel. We're bastardizing the gospel and turning it from a gospel of community, from a gospel of solidarity into a gospel of competition. And we lose the center. And we lose our connection with God. The Pharisee stands alone because he prefers to stand alone. Goofus, the tax collector, stands far off because he's been disconnected. He's been judged by the Pharisee, by the society, by God, he feels like, by life. So there's no illusions. There's no ego anymore for him. He recognizes I'm at the bottom Maybe he recognizes that the job he does is part of a system that holds other people down. But for whatever reason, he averts his eyes from heaven. He beats his breast and he cries out, God, be merciful, merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, Goofus, the tax collector, is the one who went down to his home justified, not the other one. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This isn't just about protocols in prayer. This is about two different approaches to life. It's about the way we're going to walk out these doors in a few moments. Who we are what our stance is before God and before the rest of the world. And if it was so simple, well, we just come in here one time and we get it and we leave and we just live the rest of our lives. But we gather week in and week out to be reminded again who we are, what our values are, what are, what are the kind of people that we're being called to be. If it was simple, if, it, if faith was just like the election here in a few weeks, choose candidate A or B, one or two, check a box and you're in, it would be so easy. But it's never easy. It is a daily commitment. It occurred to me as I was recalling Goofus and Gallant from all those years ago, they looked just alike. So I assumed they were twin brothers, sort of like Cain and Abel or Jacob and Esau. But it occurred to me, no one told me they were twins. No one told me they were brothers. What if Goofus and Gallant are, in fact, the same person? What if we all possess both possibilities within us? 
Someone long ago coined a poem, Two natures lie beneath my breast. One is foul, the other blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. But the one I feed will dominate. Who are we going to be as a people of God? The reality is sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we're goofus. Sometimes we're gallant. Sometimes we're the Pharisee. Sometimes we're the tax collector. Which means in the end, it's always, always about the mercy of God. Without the mercy of God, we get no gospel. There's no gospel. But when we get mercy, when we get it deep in our bones, it, it shapes who we are. And it reminds us of what's most important. These last couple of days have been kind of surreal for me because I find myself relating to six different families who are in the midst of experiencing death in their life. Here's what I've noticed as I've gone from nursing home to hospital to homes. Not one of them is talking about all the things they did. No one's trying to, to polish their resume in order to, to prepare for dying. Each and every one of them want to talk about mercy about love that welcomes us no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we are, so we can stop talking and bragging and posturing and in the end open ourselves up to receive life as gift and mercy as the great equalizer for all of humanity. For in the end, in the end, it's all about mercy. When we get mercy, when the humble are exalted, they go down to their homes justified, which is more than just having a seat reserved in heaven. It's about connecting to the justice of God. To be justified is to bring God's justice, God's wholeness, God's love, God's life into our homes into our church, into our city, and into our world. And when we do, the kingdom comes. And God's will is done on earth as in heaven. Let's pray together. Because finally, oh God, it is about your relentless love more than it is our capacity to please you. So may our loving you, our serving, our giving, all be done not to please you, but just out of simple gratitude for the gift that life has given us and the calling you've placed upon us as graced people to live out your truths in this world in the manner and in the name and in the way of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen.